My name is Innocent Mugenga, and you're listening to the Learnability Podcast. We all come from somewhere and aim to make a journey through life. Constant change. This is an open-ended exploration of our ability and desire to learn, grow, and adapt. In conversation with inspiring individuals and experts in the fields of sciences, technology, behavior, and performance, we seek to find answers to how to navigate and win in this information age. The future is happening now, and we aspire to evenly distribute the knowledge by empowering your learnability. Let's go. Marius Granborg, yeah, Granborg, yeah. Swedish, <laughs> uh, and I've been working in tech since 2005 after yeah. my studies, uh, and uh, done a lot of different roles, different type of companies, uh, and for the last two and a half years, I've been one of the founders of Levels. Yeah, and Levels is a new type of company. I think we're pretty unique in the Stockholm ecosystem. We are helping companies with uh, uh, venture yeah. uh, capital. And uh, we also help them with tech by consulting or building products. And our latest initiative is uh, a company called Stack. Yeah. I want to talk more about Stack. I think Stack is very related to the topic we're here to speak about today. Yeah. And we actually have the pleasure of working together in, in helping Every day. And building <laughs> the ecosystem. So tell us a little bit about the idea behind Stack. Uh, I think uh, I've been thinking about, like, I had the idea since 2008. Yeah. And it's been, like, growing since then. Since then. And l- the last year, it's kind of bloomed and we started the, the, the company and I find the right people yeah. to work with me and also right time for me also yeah. in my career. Uh, Stack is, uh, I don't know, how do you say it's it, it for, for a manager in a company, mm-hmm. it's uh, a new type of recruitment channel. Yeah. It's a long time partner uh, that will build your development uh, organization stronger over time mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully also keep the talents mm. longer at your office talent retention that's the yes. important part of the recruiting process and and for me it's like uh, today there are several big big <laughs> companies that are kind of vacuum cleaning the oh, marketing yeah. of young talents stack sort of sits in the middle so you have the company here stack yeah. and the talent on this side yes and how do you work with the talent Stack stands for Stockholm Tech Accelerator. Yeah. So we are focused on Stockholm. We're focusing on tech. And we want to accelerate the talent's uh, development or learning mm-hmm. and uh, within the within their company. And 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 a lot of companies build trainee programs yeah. to attract talents, mm-hmm. but then there's usually maybe uh you know a lot of fake trainee programs mm. I think is out there mm. they say they're going to do a lot and promise a lot but then when the student or talent is in it's mm. kind of a similar just a just a ordinary employment mm. and I get how it can, it can become like that as the company is focused on what the company does yeah. and not dedicated in talent yes. training so so that's why we started Stack and we we kind of 
my my thought was like okay and and i tried to build big trainee programs mm. at at uh, a larger company but <laughs> usually they then they uh, you don't have the muscle or or the power to do that but so i, I thought well, okay what if we bring the trainee program outside mm. the the uh, build a trainee program outside the company and then connect several companies to this trainee program so the trainee program consists of the community part, the training part, mm. and the social part. Yeah. Uh, and these are the three key factors to attract young talent. Yes. Because uh, uh, I, I spent hours or many like interviews with young talents, mm. and mm. they 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 want fun. They want like uh, also fun a network, mm. and and that's. Uh, often hard when you're sitting as a manager as a big company you 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 need to recruit 20 people you have to retain the 60 persons you're you're a manager of oh, yeah. and also you have all the politics within the company and also so so and you do, sometimes you don't get the support you needed to handle that so mm. building this culture that the young talents wants and the, the training usually end up like in in the end, like in the end like of your priority, hand. yeah, 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 and, and usually you don't have also the long time focusing on building talents because mm. you're maybe one or two years in a position, then you move on, and mm. then you move on, mm. and maybe that's kind of some managers focus to do. You know, you're doing a career on a big company, so with a stack, we will have a long term trainee program mm. built for the talents, and hopefully a, like a long lasting community that will follow you through uh, throughout your career. My name is Binette Zek. I'm born and raised in Stockholm. Yeah. I work currently as a client relationship manager at the Royal Swedish Academy of Engineering Sciences. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> and the shortening is IVA, IVA. Eva. Yeah. yeah. So I live in Sweden. I've worked in Sweden and Finally, I'm doing something that I really, really enjoy. Fantastic. I love hearing that. I mm. really love hearing that. Mm. And what is it you enjoy? What is your mission? What is it you do? My mission basically is to help individuals to understand the power of their personal competence, oh, yeah. basically. Oh, yeah. So there's four levels to it that I usually talk about. So it's individuals. Mm -hmm. And then after that is building a relationship and learning basically how to create a relationship because it's sometimes necessary to create, right? And then once that is created, then the question becomes, okay, how do we maintain this? And how, do, how does it become a long-term based relationship, right? Mm. So that's the second level. The third one is organization. Mm. How can I, as an individual, with my competence, with my personal strength, mm. contribute to an organization, just moving past the relationship phase. Oh, yeah. And the fourth one is how can I, again, as an individual, contribute to the society? So what I've been doing for years as like personally for me, Bennett has yeah. been working with relationship building within organizations, but I never really felt that what I was doing had a direct impact on the society. Mm -hmm. So now that, it, that I see um, the connection there, 
I'm just trying to help other people to reach it as well. Wow. I love that. I love how you, you found the synergy behind, between what you personally want to do and, and what you're able to do working with. And also speaking about synergy, we often speak about us all having an individual pursuit and you're talking about combining that with organizations. Mm. Where would you say the responsibility lies? Is it the individual to try to affect the organization or is it the organization to be aware uh, of the individual's pursuit and try to not adapt to it, but bring it into the work? I mean, a physical coin, not a Bitcoin, but a physical coin has two sides of it. So if you would find a coin um, while you're walking on the floor um, with just one side of it, you wouldn't be able to buy anything with Mm. it. So I definitely think that we're, you know, there's a shared responsibility. Uh, The question of accountability, though, is always on an individual basis. You are accountable to make an impact, to show up and dare to be seen, Mm. tell people that, hey, here I am. This is what I am passionate about. And beyond passion is really, this is my personal strength. Mm. Uh, This is the growth mechanism that really can contribute to your organization. So that is an accountability question. Responsible? Both. My name is Alec Alstrom. I'm uh, the CEO and uh, one of the co-founders of uh, AppJobs.com. Uh, AppJobs.com is a marketplace and a platform where uh, gig workers around the world can uh, find, compare, rate, and review all the different gig working opportunities that are out there. So things like working with Uber or driving Lyft, uh, charge e-scooters, oh, yeah. uh, things like that. And um, we're, uh, we've been growing pretty fast. Uh, we started two years and two and a half years ago. Uh, we're growing with about 10,000 new gig working members each week. Wow. And um, uh, we're uh, somewhere north of 600,000 members uh, at the moment, primarily in the US, but yeah. also in, in Europe and parts of Asia. Well, this is it's a really big market. Uh, we'll take a few steps back. Sure. So we're, we're talking in this episode about the future of work. Mm-hmm. So the job market is changing. And in that, we're finding a new... Uh, could you call a new vertical, a new area, a new field mm-hmm. called the gig economy? Mm-hmm. So we will start off with you sort of, sort of giving us a description of what is the gig economy? That's a very good question. And um, it's um, not super easy to, uh, to answer. Um, reason being that the, the question is not very well defined. Not to say that you didn't define it well, but um, in the discourse, uh, in the public. And, and I think the reason is that it's been, it's a phenomenon that has been sort of creeping up on us. Oh, so yeah. if you remember about 10 years ago, there was these companies, Uber and Airbnb, when they launched, oh, yeah. they were labeled the sharing economy. Yes. And then after a while, it was called the collaborative economy okay. and the platform economy and the circular economy. So there was a couple of different descriptions. Uh, I think in, in some European Union, official documents, it's still called the collaborative economy. Okay. And nowadays we call it the gig economy. And I think uh, we should take a step back and, and, and look at the fundamentals that are changing. And the yeah. fundamentals that are changing is that we're living in a world now where, where we all have smartphones um, where we use these phones to not only con- communicate, but consume 
and and act out every part of life. Oh, yeah. um, everything from listening to music, but also to to dating and almost consuming relationships. Yeah. Um, and I think where the world is going is we're going to a place where we're going to consume work in much the same way that we consume um, music, Netflix, Spotify, Tinder. Oh, I'm I'm not taking this parallel to Tinder and dating to be distasteful. No. It's on purpose, you know. Um, hi- historically, a relationship is something that lasts for 20, 30 years. Oh, yeah. Um, much the same as a job did. Yes. And um, now That's we're... a good parallel. Right? Now yeah. we're coming to a world where where people change jobs every two, three years yes. and maybe even relationships every two, three years. But if you look at the late, latest dating apps, at least some of the friends who, who I know who are on these dating apps, they could do um, date four girls in parallel uh, or four in a month. Wow. And and uh, I think we're... And the reason for that is because the technology is reducing the transaction cost of moving between these relationships, mm. right? Very much the same thing is happening in the labor market. When the transaction costs of switching between jobs decrease, then you will see people work with uh, driving both Uber and Lyft oh, yeah. and Vivan. Uh, maybe drive those in the in the morning and mm. then in the afternoon do some deliveries for Volt or Fedora or something like that. And um, in the evening rent out an, a spare room on Airbnb. Oh, yeah. Um, and if they don't like their boss algorithm, mm. uh, they don't have to quit. They just click sign out and then they're, then they quit. They're off. So I think that type of behavior that we bring from the consumer world of things, that's going to shape how the labor market is going to be as well. And currently that's called the gig economy. I yeah. think we will just eventually end up calling it work. You've also been previously before app jobs. You were the Sweden boss of uh, Uber. Uber. Yeah. yeah. And so for Uber, this change has been super beneficial, mm-hmm. obviously. How is it for the rest of the job market? Um, well, I, I think that um, it would be provoking for me to say only positive things about it because there, uh, a- any major change in the world comes with its share of challenges yeah. and pains. Um, and there are real pains connected to this phenomenon and the growth of it. Um, not only for individuals in the labor market in terms of job security and insurance aspects and taxes and so on, but also for society at, la- at large, mm. you know, how do we uh, make sure that um, public functions uh, work when the tax ba- base erodes or if the tax base erodes and uh, things like that. So, so there are challenges. Now we are 10 years into this phenomenon, as mm. I mentioned, Airbnb and Uber, um, you know, came to life about 10 years ago. They're the one that kicked it off. They're the ones that kicked, kicked it off. Yeah. Um, if you think about 10 years into the industrial revolution, people were dying from lung diseases mm. and there were a lot of bad things happening. Mm. Now the industrial revolution was very good for mankind, yeah. I would argue. Yeah. Um, but it took some time to get all the pieces right. See the downsides and uh, change that and figure out what to do with those, yeah. how, how to address those downsides. And, um, and much similar to when the industrial revolution happened, I think that 
the knee-jerk um, reaction from politicians and decision makers is to apply the same tools mm. to respond to these challenges at, at, that they've done uh, to respond to other challenges. Oh, yeah. um, now, many of those tools might not work because the dynamics are different. So it will take some time mm. for all parts of the ecosystem to figure out the the, the right ways to to uh, tackle this. Um, I hope that um, we will be part of that with AppJobs. That's yeah. what our aim is. I also think that many of the individual players in the market, uh, gig companies, if you say, yeah, yeah. Uh, are also maturing and, and doing their share. And and then part of it will, will come as a response from, from legislators and policymakers. You have a very interesting position or you could take a very interesting position as app jobs because you're a platform for several platforms mm -hmm. that then employ or don't employ uh, workers. Yeah. So you could possibly, I'm, I'm seeing it as being in between them and the government and lobbying for uh, what's needed. That, that's, I mean, is that me putting too much pressure on you or is that... No, I mean, we... We, our mission is to be the gig worker's best friend. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we want to be. And the way that we become that is by becoming a, 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 a scalable and automated digital companion, mm. you know, tailored to you. Um, now that's one way that we could, could, um, bring value into the ecosystem. Obviously, another way to bring value into the ecosystem is to, um, aggregate all the insights and data mm. that comes through our platform. And, and one way that we've done that is we've started an initiative called the, the AppJobs Institute for the Future of Work that mm. it's, uh, you can find it on institute.appjobs.com, um, where we uh, aggregate all the data that flows through our platform uh, to um, look into things like, um, you know, the labor conditions, yeah. um, Oh, even even things like demographics so mm. what's the gender split mm. and how does that differ between different verticals or industries within the gig economy between different countries some of my colleagues they are just thirsty for knowledge mm. so they will always learn the new stuff yeah uh, but uh, a lot of people at organizations they uh, there's a like a culture issue with mm. learning. Mm. I think you're sitting in a team, you're learning more about Java within the team or leadership, but no one is pushing you to the next level. Oh yeah, you're googling stuff, but but then then you know to take the next step. It's it's. Uh, I think. Uh, Organization needs help there, mm -hmm. and and it's not like oh we send everybody on a two two days training oh, yeah. and then the budget is over. But I think you have to over a longer time nurture you know, uh, and and also challenge your employees yeah. to you know become uh, and learn new stuff and and also have a culture where the employees challenge their manager mm -hmm. to because uh, in school it's like structured. But then on many workplaces, it's uh, it's kind of up to the manager yeah. or the employer yeah. uh, to 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 take control of your own education and learning. And with a stack is kind of one of the pain points. Like like when you're a manager, if you're having stack with your side, it's a partner for your training of your employees also. So uh, so that kind of uh, to my or 
the headache when you're a manager is recruiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you and and if there are tools or like partners that can help you uh, build your employees, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, it's great uh, definitely to get that help more resources yeah. to do the job yeah. and you were talking about <clears throat> i guess the main reason this is needed right now is how changing the market is so the the actual job market is changing the the um, different fields that we work within technology is changing so it's so changeable and adapting while like you said the conventional education is not moving in the same yeah. pace. So with that, there's a huge gap in what's actually needed yeah. and what skills are taught and what competence yeah. people come out with. Yeah. And I think that also leave, uh, like, I think sometimes it's good that the conventional education is not, uh, uh, this is a school, this yeah. is educational. Yeah. Uh, but then I think, yeah, because it's a long, long time, like you're going to learn your whole life yeah uh but there are there are like actors in in stockholm that has you know capitalized on this yeah. the last 10 years filling this gap yeah that oh what's the coolest trends now you know uh i think hyper is a good example to good. to you know they they fill a gap that uh, the original or the university didn't have but yeah. they're getting there uh Hyper Island is a very good example of yeah. being really market adapted yeah. education. And and uh, uh, and for Stack, we are like more like instead of, you know, your learning should not just be one, one to three days no. a year. Mm. It should be a constantly every month, yeah. something new, but a small, small block of education yeah. that will help you with your like daily work is more hands-on education you will get there mm. together with other uh in the community i believe that personally and it's quite obviously doing learnability yeah. i believe a lot in that uh, continuous education continuous yeah. learning and stack really is more of a practical learning so you get the social part you get some educational material but the most of the learning is actually happening while you're working on actual projects yeah and i think that gives you really the opportunity to grow and adapt with the market yeah and and i think like (laughs) if you're a java developer Mm. most of java you will learn you will learn it at work Exactly. Because you will sit with it like eight hours a day or uh, the training we were focusing more like this, how you become a better team player, how, Mm. how, how can you be making better decision? How can you, uh, you know, give you the, our goal is for the three first years, you will get the experience of six years. Mm. So I've, I've been in contact with trainers that has been, thinking about this for 15 years how could we take june like young talents yeah. and give them all our knowledge mm. early on yeah and uh, now when i present a stack for them they they jumped on board and Absolutely. you know they are so happy to create this uh, like I, I think it's going to be a kind of ecosystem of different type of um uh blocks of education mm-hmm. 
where you also involve the the people in the community to say, okay, what's burning right now, or what or what was most interesting? We're gonna talk about next session, and yeah. then you know we have kind of a voting, and you know, okay, mm. so next time you wanna talk about uh, workshop facilitation. All right, that's done. We see you in two weeks, and we have a, a evening with uh, with uh, one of the best trainers in Stockholm about that. So. I, I love that. Yeah. It's very practical. Yeah. And it's also, I think you have to have an interest in what you're learning. Mm. And with that, you, you're invested and you have an interest in, in yeah. learning. So we're talking about the market, the job market and jobs being ever changing. Mm. How can one, is there a way of being future proof? I love this question so much. I've actually been contemplating about it. Yeah. Um, you know, future proof actually means that you are a proof today. So let me just take it back yeah. to uh, a few steps. Um, if you as an individual seem to have a competence or you are willing to explore your competence. So sometimes, you know, that path can be really difficult just take it anyway. Mm. And sometimes the path can be easy. It seems easy. Take it on because it's just a path towards your end goal. Oh yeah. It's just the means to an end basically. And future proof means that you have taken charge of your life. Mm. Mm. Um, you want to do something in the future, but in, or, in order to reach that point, you're doing something today. today. So, because sometimes when you use words like future proof, it becomes uh, a bit complicated because you, or I tend to think, oh, it's over there. It's in the future. Oh, yeah. I don't have to do anything about that now. And especially if you don't know how the future is going to look. Right. It's, it's, so, it's happening so fast. Right. And I mean, um, if it's connected to a certain competence or a certain area yeah. or a certain knowledge, then of course we know that technology is really fast-paced. Mm. It's rapid and it has been for decades yeah. now. Yeah. But what lies behind every type of technology is human beings. Yeah. So even when it comes to the most complex AI or robotics type of mindset mm. or type of product and service, it's still people behind it, oh, yeah. designing it, yeah. thinking it through, creating it, doing it. And also searching for the human intelligence to liken that and even the robotics, human motion. Yeah. So it's, always comes back to the human. It comes back to the human being. And what I really want people to get is um, bring your whole self into it. Like if you have an, uh, if you have a personality that is more prone to high I EQ, like yeah. emotional intelligence rather than uh, IQ, yeah. then bring that into mm. technology, bring that into your competence. Oh, yeah. Because when you feel at your full fullest potential mm. that makes the path a bit easier and it creates a lot of magical you know situations as well because you feel like i'm i'm, I'm just being me oh yeah and i'm learning so people feel like oh i i can definitely work with this person i like that it's <clears throat> it reminds me of um the saying like experience is not um, how long time you've done something mm. is what you've done with that time. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't own time. Time, there are words, you know, that we use uh, frequently, but we don't own it. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're doing something within it. Mm. And itself is quite temporary. I'm going deep now. That, this is uh, philo philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's not like what it. we're supposed to be talking about. But just in terms of time, yeah. uh, don't, don't um, let that become the the hindrance mm. of you doing something rather it should be become a, a wake-up call oh yeah like okay if i don't own it and if it's limited then what can i do today mm. and the same goes for organizations i mean if if i don't own the time i don't even own the people that are supposed to apply in the future mm. then i need to do something yesterday so we'll talk a little bit macro maybe about the, the gig economy it, in its word itself. It sounds large. If we talk about the gig worker, mm -hmm. what are the changes that has happened for the individual in this? So some things are, are actually quite exciting and good for the individual. So as I said, the, the underlying thing, theme to this change is the, the reduction of transaction costs, which sounds kind of nerdy in its word, but if you think of the ex implications that it has for the individual, they're quite profound, actually. So uh, what it means is that, you know, you could sit in your couch and in the morning and you could be thinking about what you want to do in the afternoon and mm -hmm. maybe you would want to Netflix a little bit or listen to Spotify or, or, or Tinder, or maybe you want to consume some other app where mm -hmm. you go out and make some money. Um, and what what would you like to do? Well, you could go into app jobs and you can check, uh, maybe you like dogs or you like cooking. And, um, and then maybe you change your mind actually when the afternoon is approaches and well, you're not bound to doing that. I mean, it's, it's I flexible. Love that flexibility. Right? Yeah. So it's, there's flexibility in it. There's economic opportunity in it. Yeah. There's also a lot of community in it. I mean, a lot of these, the, the future labor market that we're heading towards is is very social in the sense that many of the boring jobs mm -hmm. are being replaced by machines so oh, yeah. the social ones are the ones that uh, where where us humans can add value and when the transaction costs goes down like you say does that enable more people to give out more jobs and use services like that so yes in effect more jobs could be created i think that that's very apparent and i mean and i'm not just saying that as a you know hallelujah mm -hmm. statement i think that uh, for the last 10 to 20 to maybe 30 years people have been warning about the machines taking over and you know what will we do in the future mm -hmm. but uh, i would argue that that sentiment is not supported by evidence at all if you look at the last uh, 10 10 to 15 years um, the labor market is booming. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of work out there. Um, and, um, that will continue to, to be the case. Now it will not be the same type of work. Um, machines will do some of it, but I think, I think of it as, um, let's call it an Iron Man model, you know, okay. where, um, we as humans, we are in control, but we have leverage from this machine suit that's outside of us and assisting us sort of assisting us yeah. and, and amplifying our power and our creativity um and um yeah the the inner um the inner strength that we have to contribute with 
I really like that uh, way of looking at it. Me as a person, I'm uh, very. I try to find the positive side, and I can see the benefits of a gig economy. Obviously, like you said, there are some downsides and some things we need to figure out. But I have a belief that we will figure it out. Mm-hmm. And with that, I really love that we might have this flexibility. I would love to be able to just decide. I have this app for uh, fitness. I used to have a membership at a gym, right? They had many gyms, but I had that membership. Now I use a membership where they've combined several you small studios. To, yeah. I can go for yoga. I can go mm-hmm. for swimming. And I decide in the morning. And I, I, I like that. Me personally, we're all different. Yep. But this is, and I don't think everyone, I, or let me ask it as a question. Do you believe it will all be gig working mm. or a huge part because I, as I see it, it's allowing for those who it fits for to do it and the rest will keep on. Maybe. I think that the, I think that the general opportunity will likely be the same, but people will use it in different ways. So, I mean, because we're as humans, we have different preferences. So your preference is to do, try many different gyms and other people have preference to go to one gym. Mm. And that's fine. Now, we, you know, one way to look at it is as a general purpose technology, you probably have a smartphone or an iPhone. Um, other people who have completely different preferences to you have the same thing. They're using it in a different mm-hmm. way, but they have the same thing. Now, I think that's where we will end up well with the, with the future work as well, that in, in essence, the mechanics behind it will be the same. Mm. Everyone will be much more free to flexibly choose what and when they want to work with something. But of course, some people have preference to have a very fixed schedule. They will make that for themselves and they can do that. Other people like to try out different things. They will do that. I want to ask you, so we're talking about, and this is a very entrepreneurial approach to solving this problem of education yep. and, and job market talent fits. Mm. If we maybe looking a little bit more at the conventional education, but doesn't mm. have to be specifically related to that. Mm. What do you believe is the future of education? How, how can we, how will education look, let's say 2050 or further? Um, I hope, I, I think, like, I, I don't re- regret, you know, doing a master of science, you know, but, but looking back, there's like a lot of courses, like, yeah. was totally waste mm-hmm. for me. Like, I, I love the math because it's helped me to solve problems, but then it was, you know, there was not interested. I would love to see maybe more practice. A little bit. I don't know. Like, it was fifteen years I left <laughs> school. <laughs> yeah. but, you know. uh, but I think like there's there's a lot like happening now. We have this uh, become a developer within three months, mm, and uh, yeah. I think that, uh, that they could be good. You know, uh, you have six months, mm. and but I hope that uh, you can you know pick and choose better. Mm to create your own like master oh yeah to it it doesn't have to be all the blocks but i think uh, the school the universities are there or uh but and also give uh, like i was raised to become um <laughs> do my masters <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> like uh, i never thought about anything else there was no other choice no, no. and uh, but hopefully in the future there are more you know 
more different school i think you know they are popping up and and also that that you don't go to school five years and then you work and i think like okay go to school two years work a little bit more uh go to school one year work a little bit more or work half time and also include it in your daily life Uh, i really like that and what you're saying here is reminding me of um a quote i heard yeah um and once again i don't remember uh, who 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 said it but it's specialization is for ants yeah and (laughs) we see that with the conventional education like you explained it you're going down one vertical yeah and you're studying for five years or whatever you're going down that's one path yeah. and you don't know at the end of that path no. what, how the word looks or no. what you will do with it i like the approach of i've heard it described of it as a comb where yeah. you have your uh, fundamental yeah level of education and then you have several verticals that you and some of them you go a little bit further yeah. down but you still get a lot and then there's of course knowledge transfer and i think that's what stack can help in yeah. educating about knowledge transfer and how you yeah. can use this different information yeah. in whatever you're doing yeah and, and a stack is like we would, we will learn you everything you you missed in yeah. the, that you don't get exactly educated well, you in, went uh, in that path. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, but I think it, it will be fun to follow, you know, the future and how the education, because it's, I think it's some, some parts are great. The network you're getting, yeah. some schools are great to keep that network. I think uh, Stockholm School of Economics, Handels, yeah. Yeah. their network is great, but in tech, you don't have kind of the same networking. Mm. And also that position we would like to take with Stack. Oh, yeah. So bringing, you know, a tech net, network network new type of network where you you know you help your uh, friends in your network i've been i've I've had an idea that might fit in this if you could take like this co-working so right now we're at the park a co-working space if you could take that sort of approach to education and this alternative education so you don't have like the physical school building but you have spaces for co-working and co-learning yeah in that case yeah and and uh, i think that also my vision is like, yeah. okay, we're going to have batches of stack people yeah. like every half a year or like, you know, there's new people joining stack. Yeah. And in the end, we are 400 people within stack that, yeah. you know, okay, now we set up like more, okay, we, we meet at uh, uh, this co-working space and have this type of education for the one that likes this type yeah. of subject and it and you don't have to pay twenty five thousand to go to to some learning center yeah. to get that knowledge you can find better and cheaper way to get great education i love that idea i can just give you a, a short um, presentation or introduction to what i do when i'm not working at iva yeah. um I am a business advisor to startups and entrepreneurs in Africa. So oh, yeah. we're covering like five different African countries. It's 300 million people. Wow. So just one of the countries, Ethiopia, uh, I'm a, a trusted advisor to this young girl called uh, Bethlehem Desi. Yeah. She has her own company within tech. And she decided a couple of years ago to teach 20,000 kids and youth in programming and AI. 
right? Wow, that's a big so mission. It is a big mission that she has achieved. So 20,000 are taught AI and programming. 5,000 of them have, you know, achieved to become entrepreneurs based on that education. Wow. And that itself signals the future because we used to think that knowledge comes from the West right. alone. Mm -hmm. But now what we're trying to do this uh, coming um, two months or so, we're inviting Bethlehem and some of her team members to Sweden and other uh, places in the, in, in, in the world, actually, to um, just basically ask them to teach us what they've known or for quite some time now That's in programming fantastic. and AI. So when it comes to like, okay, how does the future look? It isn't as, um, as it has been before. It doesn't have to be based off the past. That's what I'm getting. Right. So what she's done is she skipped a lot of the conventional layers that mm -hmm. normally here, maybe you would go through and just what's most effective. I want to educate 20,000 people how do I do it most efficiently? And even more so, I think the next level of that is she started asking herself, or I assume she started asking herself that technology has no borders. So why should I? Mm. If technology and those who study programming and AI have no borders, because when while you're on the computer, you speak to people without any type of uh, idea of where they are based or what they look like. You are solving a mm. problem or you're creating a service uh, or a product that locally is very necessary. Mm. So instead of us from the West telling them, okay, you guys need to have this type of product and service, if they are given the access to knowledge, then they can choose to become entrepreneurs and let us know what they need, mm. right? So that's basically what's been going on for the past three years. And I'm, I'm super excited for the goal that we've set where, you know, within the next five years, Three million people will be educated. Yes. And five different African countries are on the way. So that's uh, just of what I see is coming in the future. But on the other hand, okay, if, if what if we don't go global? What happens then? Because there's been a trend going in in Sweden and other European countries that you don't have to go global all the oh. time because trade compliance mm. could be complicated sometimes, especially when it's uh, high technological products or services. So if it's, we can, we can still work locally with what we're interested in. Mm. We can still use our competence locally. It doesn't have to be a global issue. We don't have to save the world. You can actually start by saving yourself. I'm liking that future. Right now, mm -hmm. do you believe people entering into the gig economy, the majority of the people are doing it because they're trying to get some lifestyle design a la Tim Ferriss, the, the four hour work week type of lifestyle? Or do you think it's trying to get opportunities? Um, I think that the, the for the bulk or not for a huge majority but for a small majority it's still uh, economic opportunity yeah. uh, if, if you look at it on average yeah. now this actually differs quite a lot between different verticals mm -hmm. um and um, um, in the in this cases where it's not only about getting eco economic opportunity um 
the reasons differ. It's not only to have a flexible lifestyle. It yeah. could be uh, social reasons. Um, and even when you're looking at the, the case where it's about economic, economic opportunity, it's not the same type of economic opportunity. Mm-hmm. In some cases, it's, it's you know, I don't, I, I don't get a job, so mm-hmm. I'll take this one. In another case, I already have a job, but I would like to have some extra money. In some cases, it's, you know, I'm quitting my job because, because I want to, I'm quitting my job as a hairdresser because I want to open my own saloon. Okay, I, w- I need something to do in between. Um, in in other cases, it is, uh, you know, Christmas is coming up. I need a, a bit of spare cash to buy presents. And so there's a, even within the economic opportunity category, there's a spectrum of, um, and a variety of reasons, I would say, that you cannot bulk everyone into the same. So once again, it's allowing for flexibility. Yes. Really? Yes. And now I think that to, to be fair, because now I've, I've listed a lot of positive things about this, um, and a lot of the, there are some challenges and negative things about this phenomenon as well. Many of them having to do with the immaturity of the, ecosystem and the phenomenon in itself. Mm-hmm. So when I said, you know, um, th- there are issues around wage and, and worker security and so on, I think even when those are addressed, this will partly be scary for some people because more free, you know, more degrees of freedom mm-hmm. in any system, you know, could be uh, contributing to a sense of uh, almost panic for a lot of people. Like, okay, I have all this opportunity. I need to uh, do something with my life. Oh, yeah. You know, it's sometimes it's easier to, to, to just with a fixed path. Yeah. With a fixed path. Yeah. And, and with this, the fixed path is no longer so fixed. So I believe a potential solution to that is if education catches on. Mm-hmm. conventional education and teaches us about this. So there's all this opportunity. And so we're getting ahead of that. We're learning about uh, how to find our path and how to question and how. So we're learning these, I guess you could call it soft skills that will help us navigate. I mean, almost like options. philosophy, I would say. I mean, yeah. maybe schools should focus less on cramming in facts that can be easily Google and not only teaching us the the skills of searching and, and finding knowledge, but also how to approach mm. opportunity, you know, from an almost like a philosophical perspective yeah. for the individual. I share that belief. Thank you very much, Alok. This has been great to get your approach and I'm excited to see where App Jobs is going. I'll follow your, your journey and thank you for sharing your perspective on this. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Learnability Podcast is produced by Levels. Working in the fields of digital transformation, innovation, product development, and venture. If you want to know more about us, visit at wearelevels.com. And oh yeah, if you want to find additional material and contribute to the platform, you can do that at learnability.online. That's learnability.online. Looking forward to getting in touch with you. And oh yeah, stay curious.